The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Stuntman Two, Joe. I was waiting for something. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense, though. It makes sense. I don't imagine you would have yeah. picked anything else. I was thinking about picking like the other line that I kept quoting while we were watching this. Um, I lost you lost I your dude. You were looking for it for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I lost I lost uh, my my podcast title. That's my dude title. I looked for it for two weeks. It's, be- it's the best dude title in Texas. I'll tell you that. Yeehaw! So welcome to the show, everyone. Now, before we get into our uh, experience, if you will, uh, for this episode, I must ask, as always, due to Stuntman Joe, how you doing? Pretty okay, actually. Um, There's one major thing that we both did separately that I'll get to later on that I will try to dovetail into your end of things. Um... Uh, we're recording this May 7th, um, and the other day it was free comic book day. Mm-hmm. So I went to, Feehan and I went to Comic Crypt, a local comic book place. Uh, you know, just check it out, get some stuff. We got some free comics. It was a nice crowd there, too. They had a line out the door and into the parking lot uh, of this place. Mm-hmm. And what also made it cool, though, was... A bunch of cosplayers were there, like the 501st, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple <laughs> Imperial folks, uh, some Jawas, and they, they even made noise. It was really funny. Uh, and they were great. And it was also really nice to see, like, parents with their kids doing something like this, going like a small business, you know, um, and uh, supporting it. And what was also really cool was uh, Feehan and I picked up some stuff. Feehan, I believe, picked up some Power Rangers figures. I picked up, uh, I picked up Funko Pop of Eagly, the Eagle from Peacemaker. Beautiful. I have uh, a little uh, three three quarter inch figure of Baron Harkonnen from the David Lynch Dune, uh, which I have hanging on my wall right now. And then the big one that I got was the Mezco uh, Crow figure. Like the Brandon Lee movie. I th- I thought that was a poster initially because I didn't see the dimensions of the box. <laughs> That's fair. It was not a great picture representing what it was, but this thing is awesome. It has like a bajillion ex- accessor- accessories. Uh, you know, I-, I like Mezco. They're pretty cool. I- it looked like a really cool. I liked the um, guitar that you chose for the accessory. Mm-hmm. I thought that was appropriate. Um, 
Yeah. I've seen like a handful of crow figures. I know there's that diamond one I see a lot. And mm. I thought about it, but I just haven't like pulled the trigger on anything. But that's pretty cool that you're able to get something especially like that. At, uh, you got it for like, what, 25% off? Mm-hmm. So it was like normally like 100 bucks. Got it for $75. That's a good deal. So basically all the stuff that I got <laughs> would have been like the, I spent like a hundred bucks there, but it was like, that would have been just the price of the crow figure on a normal day. Yeah. I got a frame for my Phantom of the Opera poster. I'm still obviously in my morning period. It's listen, I don't know if that's going to end and that's okay. It, it'll never, that's okay. It's, there's uh, nothing wrong with quote Dr. Manhattan. Nothing ever ends. No, nothing ever ends. No, or to go with the uh, Black Eyed Peas, um, I'm a bee. The energy never, <laughs> the energy never dies. I, I went with, I'm a bee morning. <laughs> I, I went with a completely different quote. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's okay. I probably would have tonight's done the same gonna thing. be a good night. <laughs> well, and I'm gonna dovetail this into something that we both did, but sep- again separately. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three came out. Yeah. It came out um, on the day after, well, technically the day of Star Wars Day, which was on Thursday, Um, but it officially came out the following day, but that's always, it's always nice when, like, a big movie like that, that's always kind of felt like a tradition that a big movie like that would come out around the time of, like, at least Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. But yes, I, 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 it's surprising that I saw it because, as you know, we, we've talked about this many times. Um, again, I'm not gonna go into it anymore. <laughs> just, just if you if you don't know at this point, ask ask somebody. Okay? Ask some ask somebody, or just don't bother. <laughs> if there's a two dudes like Reddit uh, subreddit, um, maybe ask there, and somebody will be like, "Well, actually, in episode 75." <laughs> See, the, much probably much much earlier than that. The, the day we have something like that, where someone has to do that, I think that's either a win or a lose. I don't know, but <laughs> Bit of both. it's a little. It's, it's like a mixed bag, but it's appreciated. Um, yeah, but no, like to, to to lean into a specific aspect of that, I haven't seen a Marvel movie in theaters since Far From Home, and there's admittedly like. During the last three years, there's been a couple of them that I regret missing, but nothing that I was like, I felt like I, I missed out on like a, a profound experience necessarily, if I'm being honest. Um, but I, 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 I'm, I'm glad I saw this one. I'm glad if there was going to be one that brought me back, it's this one. Cause this was really good. Like it's, is, it's very emotional. It's very sad. Full disclosure, we're probably going to spoil it too, so just just be <laughs> just be wary of that. Well, maybe maybe we can we can save it for a uh, a special presentation or something in the future. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what we'll happens. See what happens. <laughs> There's we got plans for things, but it's possible. I was I was surprised how biblical it got because mm. it's kind of like a you know I guess not to dive too much into it, but it's kind of like a paradise lost a little bit. At least with one specific aspect of it, and then I was thinking of uh, Island of Doctor Moreau, mm, or <laughs> like Island of Lost Souls, <laughs> and then like uh, there's all that imagery at the end, you know, that kind of like tie it all together. Um, no, it was it was it was really really good. It's not to say that's surprising at all, but I guess I'm just I'm just not used to having an emotional response from a Marvel movie in a while. 
<laughs> at least at least not like a oh that's kind of fun you know like that's probably the extent of it like i feel like um i don't even remember i think the last time technically i had like a, a like an actual like emotional resonation with uh with one of these movies was probably when i saw endgame in theaters but that hasn't really repeated itself unfortunately with uh, subsequent viewings of that one um but again that it is what it is uh but with guardians like there was so many times i'm like i'm like clenching my chest because i'm just like you just you just feel the impact of everything plus it just kind of feels like these characters are the only ones that actually mattered at the end of the day but i think the 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 most striking thing about it was just how much how different the Guardian, because we haven't seen James Gunn handle the Guardians since I think Volume Two, and outside of the holiday special, outside of the holiday like, special, in, in as far as far as like the major and like major films, it's know. it's so it's so like surreal to see like the stark contrast between how he handles the characters versus like how they show up in other movies, and not that they're like poorly done. In like Endgame or in Infinity War or Thor: Love and Thunder, but there's 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 clearly like this doesn't feel as right as it as it should be, especially when you watch this and you're like, oh, okay, this makes so much more sense. <sighs> like this is this feels like our, in most of the other movies is just giving all the weight to Chris Pratt anyway. Just like he'll he'll do his thing and then periodically Dave Bautista will say something funny. And it's like there's a little bit more to that. <laughs> not to say I'm just like there's a little bit more to it than that. But um, right, no, this one was really good though. I liked it a lot. So, but I know you're between the two of us, you're a much bigger Guardians fan than I am. Like, not that I don't like them at all, because I genuinely love all the movies. But between the two of us, you're like, like you have a shrine. I think your religion is probably that of the guardians <laughs> themselves <laughs> i've probably seen i've seen you i've seen you drop down to knees and just go guardians thank you for everything <laughs> I, I kid <laughs> he's not that crazy it's, well <laughs> but there's some there's some truth to it maybe what, listen <laughs> listen i have a rocket raccoon popcorn bucket uh <laughs> that that is basically my arc of the company <laughs> i got see i could just picture you going into the movie theater where it was and just just doing the whole thing you got the little bag of sand yeah it get because it's an empty popcorn bucket it weighs significantly more so you're like I, i'm gonna try it anyway <laughs> <laughs> um i actually well it was just great seeing this again because i've been waiting for this movie for six years Especially with all this stuff happening with James Gunn, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, because there was a point where I was, I, I was considering just not seeing Marvel movies after the, like, mm -hmm. after what had happened. You can have your feelings about that, folks. It's fine. But for me, it was like the Guardians were like sort of like the soul of the MCU in a lot of ways. Um, it was uh, they, they those movies really affected me. And I was really realizing when I was rewatching the first one um, earlier this week, and he got to the end where where Peter opens up, finally opens up the gift, last gift from his mom, and I'm like, I was a mess uh, seeing that scene. But 
it was just so great seeing I couldn't believe the movie existed because I've been waiting for it for so long. Right. And like, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, and it was a, I, I think, I think it's a great, it also, it was a great ending for the guardians story, but I also think, you know, it would have made sense if this movie came out in 20 in it, if the pandemic never happened and if it came out in 2020, it would have made a lot of sense as like a epilogue to the whole Infinity Saga, mm-hmm. just because of everything that had happened. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I just I loved it. It was a terrific movie, terrific experience. I saw it with Feehan, Mike, uh, and we ran into our friend Edwin, who's who's a great guy. He actually bought me the popcorn bucket. <laughs> he didn't. You didn't even need to steal it. He got it for you. He, he got it for me. Uh, I wasn't expecting it all because I helped him. I helped him skip the line because uh, I'm a, a, just full disclosure. And this is not a sponsorship. I'm an AMC Stubbs A list member. AMC, give us so a call. We, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys make movies better. You know, Nicole convinces herself. It's, it's it's okay. What's the line? It's you. You like feeling sad in a place like this or something? Heartbreak. Heartbreak feels somehow. Heartbreak yeah. feels good in a place. Heartbreak like this. feels good in a place like this. And I was. I was definitely feeling that with Guardians. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know I because, like, we get a separate line for the Stubbs A-list and premiere people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, it was like, yeah, let's go in the line. You know, and then he got me the popcorn, which is, he did not have to do that. That was so nice. That, that's pretty cool. Shout out, shout out to, what's his name, Edwin? E- Edwin, yeah. Shout out to Edwin. That was cool. Really cool. Really cool guy. I think we're going to try, we're all going to try to see uh, Transformers together. So, let let those beasts rise, you know what I'm saying? Yes. See see the Ron Perlman gorilla. Oh, I see the wink. <laughs> see, now I'm just going to... I'm, I'm going to... Was it uh, Optimus Prime? Let them come. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's just a line in the trailer. That's all. Yeah, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came inside. Oh, what? <laughs> I meant to the man. into the house. I came into the we house. Came, we've come a long way since 2007's Transformers. <laughs> Where the Transformer uh, pees on John Turturro. And there's like Transformers with balls. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy scrotum, as I believe they're called by John Turturro. But you know what? I I like Bumblebee, so that's a, as far as I go with those movies. You know, I I have the Transformers the movie from the eighties. I like Orson Welles. There's nothing wrong with that. But how are you doing otherwise? Otherwise, um, I mean, I'm all right. I'm kind of neutral, I guess. I'm I'm not really leaning one way or the other. Um, I've spent a lot of my time really playing Jedi Survivor because that came out the new Star Wars game um it's 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 pretty great it's a little glitchy that's what i've heard that's yeah. what i've heard yeah it's uh it's just it takes a long time for things to render so like so like you're running around like there's like the main sort of area planet that you go to frequently in the game and you get there and it sort of takes a second for things to come to life <laughs> So, it's hopefully, you know, we got some fixes for that coming, but um, for what it is, it's still pretty fun. You know, it's uh, it's a 
it's a good story. I like playing the characters, and uh, I like the the amount of customization that comes with all of it. Mm. So I was spending a lot of time with that. Um, I'm trying to think if I've done anything else significant other than watch Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> which that's probably the most significant thing. Because again, I I was surprised that I was like, you know what? Yeah, if I'm going to see a Marvel movie, I'll see this one. Why not? I don't know if I, I don't know if there's any other ones I want to see coming out. I mean, Blade would probably be the other one, but that one's got yeah. so much going. <laughs> Mahershala Ali. At least you got a voice. <laughs> you got a voice uh, performance, a vocal performance in uh, Eternals. So that most people were like, "What?" They're like, who's that? Is that that dude from Luke Cage? Yeah, technically, it's the same actor. Sure. <laughs> if you want to say that, you can. Is it right? We'll see. I don't know. Maybe they'll change it if Blade never happens. But yeah, it was it was it was an exciting uh, movie to watch, and it's made me want to revisit the other one. So I might watch the first two Guardians at some point soon. I haven't I haven't gotten around to that though. But I watched. Um, uh, that new Gendy Tarkovsky show, The Unicorn Warriors Eternal. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing good things about that. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, we, we love him on this show. We've talked about that before. We we planned at one point to do Samurai Jack, the series, but of course there's just so much in it <laughs> that we just haven't gotten around to it. We did talk about Primal, though, and I still need to finish season two, or start Same. it to begin, to begin with. But... Hopefully I'll do that soon, but I like I liked this this unicorn show. Basically, it's like it's kind of feels like an anime in a way, and it's like um, these three warriors. There's like one that's kind of like a, a seer who's like kind of a like a Zen sort of guy, and there's one that's like a warrior elf. And then there's like this black flame woman. I, I don't know specifics of what they are, but that's kind of how I describe them. Um, mm-hmm. and there's a giant, like, robot ball with a top hat, and, uh, basically, uh, Merlin, uh, says, uh, you guys need to fight this monster that's stuck in time, in order to do that, your souls will be transferred to, to random people throughout history, so that you can fight this, uh, this monster, and so typically, when they get transferred, their souls transferred uh, to different people, they're transferred to adults. But um, the team that we get when the show officially starts in in like the sort of the sort of like really cool uh, pop culturey steampunky uh, industrial revolution version of London shows up. Like there's like zeppelins flying everywhere, and people are driving like steam powered cars and stuff. Um, the the monster shows up in London and. Uh, the team uh, is transferred, their souls are transferred into children. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what? We're not used to this. Um, the one the one that's actually an adult, I think, is like the warrior elf guy. Um, and then the the woman is transferred into like an like a 18-year-old kid or something. And she has amnesia. She's like, who am I? What's going on? And then um, the seer dude's transferred into like a le- legitimate little boy who's just like, got as much adhd as i do (laughs) so like Mm. so like he sees something and he goes oh cool (laughs) 
while there's like a zombie elephant thing attacking London. And he's like, oh, what's that over there? Like, no, focus on this. No, it's 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 pretty fun. It's definitely a lot. It, it feels very different from Primal, which I like because and that's something I think I like about Gendy overall is that a lot of his stuff feels very different from like each other. It's so like yeah. Dexter, Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack and Primal, Hotel Transylvania and Unicorn and all this stuff that he's done. Like they all feel so different from each other without without you going without you know the the aspect of oh this is clearly not Gendy Tarkovsky like this is clearly him. But um, no, it's and the animation's really smooth. It's fantastic. I I look at it and I'm like give this man. A huge budget to make whatever he wants. Yes, just give him, let him make a big movie, 2D animation. However, or I don't care. However, he wants to do it. If he wants to do it 3D, go for it. I don't care. I just want to see it. Um, but like full force, like no holds barred. Just let him go crazy. So I watched that recently. And other than that, I just there's n- nothing inherently significant that I can think of. I live a I live a an exciting life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's it's thrilling every moment of the day. Um, but I figured now's a good time to get to our episode this week. Um, but I'm going to be completely honest at the top here. I'm a little bit worried <laughs> about this episode. Guys, I... Uh, like, when I was getting on, I was so worried. I was so worried Richard <laughs> Richard sounded... I'm like, did something happen at work? And then I'm like, oh wait, we're talking. We're talking about. We're talking about this. my reaction. reaction to <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what? It's what it is. We'll get through it. We'll right get through it. But I, 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 I have to talk about it. I'm sorry. I do. No, you do. Go for it. So I guess, I guess I'm going to start it off. By saying, like, this episode was planned probably around the first time we started doing Because I think I initially pitched it to you for Halloween, like the first Halloween. Yes. Yeah. And it had been on the back burner for a long time. But it, it made sense because it's it, the whole thing is like a built-in double feature experience. And that's what our show is all about. Right. Plus, you know, I just like, oh, this is this. I remember seeing this in theaters. This is pretty wild. I, you know, I thought I'd introduce it on the show. Um, but obviously, it got held off because, you know, there's a bunch of other things we wanted to talk about and other things that were on our minds at the time that we really wanted to showcase. And that happens all the time on the show. And eventually, we start, we actually start watching films from Robert Rodriguez, who was kind of the, you know, who had the idea for this whole thing ultimately. And, I was like, okay, maybe now's a good time to to finally jump onto this and 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 experience this uh, for the first time, or at least Joey for the first time. I've seen it a couple of times now, but um, the day came and we're watching the movies. I have I I don't really have much worry in it when we're actually watching it, um, though there is points where. I see Joey's checking out a little bit. There's points where he's nodding off, but that's not inherently a sign that he's not invested or interested in anything that he's seeing. Because I mean, you know, it's just the nature of watching movies when you're at home and you have your phone there and you got messages showing up. I think one of my least favorite things not to go off on this is like, because 
I'm always so hyper aware of, of stuff like that. So like I'll be watching a movie and then I'll get messages from like three different people and they're people I love, but I'm trying to watch this movie, but I feel like a dick if I don't respond immediately. <laughs> so I have to pause the movie and I have to respond and then I play the movie and then they message again. So I pause the movie and I message again and it becomes a cycle and I'm like, stop messaging me please i love you yeah. but please stop messaging me but uh because i i can't i physically cannot like i remember one time i was at work and i was listening to music uh, while i was doing dishes and i paused the song i was listening to so i can go grab more dishes and come back and play the rest of the song that i was listening to and one of my coworkers is like i found that so interesting so funny that you did that <laughs> and i'm like i don't want to miss it <laughs> And I don't. Never mind. I'm not gonna make that reference. Whoops. <laughs> I, I. You know what? It's okay. It's, Sorry. It's okay. Sorry. It's okay. My brain is. Uh... <laughs> you, you. You know what? It's okay that you missed that thing. <laughs> I, I'm gonna pat myself on the back for that one. You should. That was. That was really good. Actually. Thank Very you. nicely done. Thank you. Nicely handled. Um. But no, like, uh, I don't think that's inherently a sign that you're not. Because that's just the nature of watching stuff at home. Because you're more relaxed than normal and stuff, whatever. Um, so we get through the whole experience, and uh, I asked Joey this. I do this every time I show him something, and this is especially something. Because this is especially something important because these are two movies that I'm showing Joey. Like this is this is a whole thing. Like this yep. isn't just like me showing one thing to him. It's like a whole it's a whole like experience as i've been saying 80 times and um i'm like so tell me what, what did you think of the whole thing and he goes it was fine and i immediately i i regret this wholeheartedly because I, I i try to think stuff like this when it happens but it, it's okay um <laughs> so i just go fuck <laughs> and i and i say this now okay I say this because for a couple of reasons. One, sure. it sucks. It always it, it it inherently is not exciting when you show something to your friend and they're just not interested. That's just that's just a given, I think. But it's it's not like a massive problem at all. Should ha it happens. It happens. It's it, not. I've done I've done a bunch of times on this show. Yeah, <laughs> like it, same, same. You know, and it's that's not the big. It's just that's just a normal like oh man, you know. It's like. It's, yeah, yeah, um, but it also feels like I lost like three times <laughs> because I was I I kind of figured at least the third thing of like the two movies and the trailers the 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 second movie I was like maybe because I know you how you feel about the director and everything and we'll get to that whole conversation obviously. we'll get to that yeah yeah so I figured that one wasn't going to work out, but I was kind of bummed, at least with that first one. I thought maybe you, and you seemed like you were really interested. And again, you say your piece, obviously, when we get to it, but no, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but it was kind of, it was, it was like, damn, even that one didn't work. It felt like and this is all happening in my brain. You know, I gave the move. I just want to also preface, not that ratings <laughs> matter. The whole, the, this, we're talking about Grindhouse. Uh, yeah. To bury yeah. the lead. Um, you know. Uh, I gave the experience three and a half stars. Yeah, which is, which I, think is it's, not, I think is fine. Is 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 fine. <laughs> but, but you know, but sometimes you know, sometimes I, and I get this. Sometimes you'd rather somebody say this fucking blows rather than say it's fine because it's like if you're not gonna feel any like because like there's there's I imagine there's three spectrums to there's three points to this. There's 
the positive side of things where you're like, oh, this is pretty good. There's the negative side of things where you're like, oh, this is, this is terrible. Then there's the center of it where you just don't give a shit. And I almost feel like that's worse than anything. Because if you just don't have that kind of emotional investment into it, then you don't want to, there's nothing to talk about at that point. Right. Because mm-hmm. that's the ultimate, that's the, I think I've, I've always said that's the ultimate thing you want to get from a movie is you want to care. If you, if you don't care, then what's the point? Right. So um, that was kind of a bummer to, to hear that. Because when Joey says it's fine, that doesn't mean it's bad or good. That just means it's kind of, well, I did that. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. And what's worse in this scenario, and this is this is probably where a lot of the anger came from. And again, I, I, I apologize. I apologized to Joey for the reaction I had um, initially, but I did it in text, so that's kind of cowardly. But... Uh, but point is, I uh, I did apologize, but I was definitely thinking about because, you know, again, like we said before, Joey and I will show each other stuff, and sometimes we just don't resonate with it. You know, it's it, a million examples on either end could be shown, um, and uh, I think the ultimate difference. I don't know where jo- if Joey agrees with this, but I think the ultimate difference is that if Joey shows me something that I'm not particularly latched onto, Joey's very good at talking about it, though. Like Joey's genuinely very good at like kind of going on about a particular movie and then I can just sit there and maybe interject some sort of thing or a silly joke that's dumb and we get an episode and it's fine. You're very good at this though. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's that's like like the ironic thing is to say that because we're doing a podcast that I'm the one that's terrible at talking. <laughs> Cuz the truth is like when when Joey doesn't feel particularly keen on something that I show him I'm terrible at coming up with stuff to say. Like, I'm just like, because I, I, I feel like I, I latch on so much to the engagement aspect of it versus mm-hmm. just, like, saying a billion facts or, like, you know, waxing lyrical about one movie or another. Um, not, to, not that I don't have as much interest in it, but it's just I'm, I'm very terrible at coming up with words, <laughs> I think is my problem which again is incredibly ironic so basically long story short i have been worried about recording this episode (laughs) for a little bit now simply from that one experience but again i want joey to say his say his piece i want him to 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 tell his side of things obviously um i just felt it was important to note that this is where i'm sitting currently (laughs) with my with my mindset on this one um, I mean, I'm glad we got, I'm glad we're finally talking about this whole thing, but at the same time, it does kind of suck, you know, how it all plays out, but I could be completely wrong and this could all have been pointless. I don't know. But, um, uh, uh I'm hoping for good things. <laughs> well, let, let me get, let, let's get to it. I've been waiting for two weeks, uh, to talk about it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. Do you want me to, glad we found do you it. Give, want me, do you want me to give my feelings on the whole thing overall, or do you want me to I, I go want, into I, the I, first? I think we bit. should. I want to break it up first, and then I think when we get to the very wrap, end, we okay. can wrap it up. Because again, that's the that's the unique thing about this Grindhouse, which came out in 2007, by the way, um, is that it's meant to be uh, a sort of celebration of 
a particular kind of cinema, you know, because back in the day, um, when you look at like classic Hollywood, uh, there was the Hayes Code and there was all like the way that they were doing movies. And then there was another way they were doing movies where they were just like underground. We're going to just talk about so much sex, violence, drugs. We're going to go crazy. And this was the exploitation film, Mm -hmm. which inherently sounds like a terrible type of movie like you're exploiting something it's it's not that bad but it's just it's just a funny i guess observation but um basically these kinds of movies would be these again i guess quote unquote like low quality cinema and i'm doing air quotes if you can't you can't tell obviously cause you can't see this you can't <laughs> You cannot well, Only see this. through our words can you tell what is going on. I can only scratch the microphone with my quotes, <laughs> my hair quotes, and that won't do anything either. Um, but exploitation films were this type of cinema that just were all about sex, violence, drugs, and anything that wasn't normally seen in sort of mainstream Hollywood. Though that's not to say that movies weren't like that before the Hays Code, because otherwise the Hays Code wouldn't have existed. Um... So then as time had gone on and times had changed and people's interests changed, um, you know, these movies would sort of find a new home with this type of movie theater called a grindhouse theater, which I believe was named after like old burlesque houses that were kind of nicknamed grindhouses, as I'm sure you can figure out why. Um, And grindhouses were these like basically these places where you would go and sit for hours on end and watch double features, which is essentially where a lot of those that concept started was with grindhouses. And uh, the 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 tickets were incredibly cheap, so you can just sit there all day and just watch movies. the The film prints themselves were of really low quality and were very scratchy and would break all the time. There'd always be notes like, "Sorry, uh, we're missing a reel here," but you know. We'll get you uh, something at concession or something. I don't know. Um, But, you know, a lot of movies um, that, you know, people like our two directors, Rodriguez and Tarantino, uh, they would go and see a lot of these movies and they would fall in love with it. Even like big time directors like Scorsese, Coppola, all these guys, they grew up with exploitation movies and they implemented the elements for those into their own films. And so now a lot of like prestige cinema, I guess you could say, quote unquote, um, inherently has exploitation film DNA in them. Yeah. You know, people talk about like Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver very much feels like that. Like a movie like Taxi Driver would not have been made back in the day. It would have been a very different kind of movie. <laughs> it would have been a for v- sure very different kind of movie. Though it's I, also interesting. No, yeah. you, no, you go ahead. I've talked a lot. Well, I was gonna say, like, I was thinking about like, um, I was there was that video that we watched about exploitation cinema, which was very good. I should link it up in the yeah. description. Check um, it out. Honestly, t- they were talking about like when Hollywood started to get like a little more quote unquote scandalous yeah. with its t- subject matters, and like I think about Anatomy of a Murder when they talk about the word panties. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so, like when you have like Jimmy Stewart, like oh, oh panties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just picturing it's... the Jimmy Stewart like accent, but saying panties, and it's amazing. Oh, uh, listen, those those are brazier, right? And uh, uh, there's some a little lingerie. Oh, oh, you want the exciting. moon? Oh, throw some panties around it, and pull it down. Oh no, I'll just moon ya. <laughs> there's my booty. 
Anyway, but <laughs> you, but you, they, they were kind of like weird little baby steps thing. Also, because too, they knew people want did want to see that kind of thing. People like well. I mean, sex, like, violence, and drugs in movies. Listen, <laughs> listen it's, it's it's today. It, even today, it's still you know people want to see that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so obviously, it's very much in their in their wheelhouse. Obviously, with mm-hmm. with these two. Like, you, you look at a lot of the movies they've made, like, I mean, even just some of the ones we've talked about from Rodriguez on the show, like Desperado, feels very much in the ballpark of exploitation. Um, and uh, even Spy Kids inherently feels like that a little bit, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's the, the DNA of it is so ingrained in, like, so many, so many filmmakers' uh, work, it's kind of crazy just how influential that kind of movie was and how and how it's permeated i mean even even when the Hayes code was going around and they were trying to figure out how to sort of evoke stuff that was a bit more scandalous like film noir came about you know as like kind of a genius way to just be like okay let's let's not and let's not because like we were it was like i remember we were watching like double indemnity or we were talking about it and i was like this movie's so horny <laughs> this movie's so horny but it doesn't show a boob doesn't show any like you know it's it's for for what it doesn't show and i think this is also where we learned uh uh, from cinema history that like even when you don't show some things it has as much an impact if not more (laughs) you know like it's pretty (laughs) wild um but yeah exploitation movies were a huge thing and so uh with the the grindhouse movie experience tarantino and rodriguez wanted to team up because they did this before when they did from dust till dawn which is sort of like a similar kind of thing as far as like it adds a pretty big like sort of exploitation like sex violence all types of stuff in that one but they wanted to go even further with it and so essentially they were like okay we're gonna make two separate movies you make your movie i'll make my movie and we're going to call a couple of our director friends and see if they want to partake and have fun with the Grindhouse thing. So we even got, like, fake trailers um, So from th- uh, three directors, uh, and then Rodriguez made a trailer uh, himself. And then there was actually a trailer that was shown internationally in Canada for a movie called Hobo with a Shotgun, which got turned into a movie, which we didn't watch that trailer, but... That trailer is available. I, I want to bring that up. So it was really just like a whole a whole thing, and it was very unique. But no one saw it in theaters. <laughs> like no one really seemed to want to see it. But it, the effects of it still linger because, like you know, we got the Machete movies, which we talked about the first one. Um, Eli Roth is doing an adaptation of his Thanksgiving movie um, soon, which I know that's been in the works for a while. So Grindhouse hasn't really left, but it's just, um, it's still around, I guess is what I'm saying. But to, to, to really dive into this, you know, we're going to kind of break this up into segments. So Joe Dinny Dan, what was Mm -hmm. the first of these Grindhouse things that we're talking about today? (laughs) Planet Terror. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were doing the. I thought you were gonna bust out on like a guitar and start pulling a full like just play the whole theme song. 
like surprise i called robert rodriguez and he's gonna play the song for us (laughs) he just shows up in your house like how'd you do that oh man planet terror which um is definitely the thing i know one of the things I know the most from this movie, because because uh, lady with gun for a leg. Yeah, that's the kind of iconic imagery from from that one is uh, Rose McGowan's character Cherry Darling with a an assault rifle for a leg. And basically, basically, there's like this, you know, just to sum it up, I don't want like it's it's like it feels like a, like a zombie ish movie. Yeah. Um, you know, people get infected. And, uh, you know, there's characters and they gotta, they gotta try to escape and, you know, you know, stop it basic or as much as they can. I'm sorry. This is, this is funny. <laughs> there's characters, <laughs> things happened. <laughs> I, this, this one I liked a lot. Um, I did like this one quite a bit and I think it's because this one was probably what, what more, as far as the two features, more what I was expecting yeah. from it. Um, it has like, you know, the artificially put in like, like, you know, film uh, scratches scratches and, and, and almost like, it almost feels like they really upped the grain as well Mm -hmm. on this. Um, you know, and it's just like the, the, the subject matter itself was just like, it's also just a very grotesque movie because people have like the infection. And then there's of course the scene where Tarantino was there and his balls (laughs) fall off. (laughs) Yeah, he, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, it turns out he's, his character's like a piece of shit rapist type character. And as karma dictates, uh, he has his penis melt off. Yes. So, <laughs> good. Yeah, because they have. All rapist that, penis should melt off. I'm just saying. They should. They should. Um, but. And like they're all trying to escape, but I I, I like I, I like the aesthetic of the movie. I did like the characters quite a bit. Rose McGowan mm-hmm. is so great in this. She's 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 like the star of the whole thing. Uh, like not just Planet Terror, but like the whole Grindhouse thing. She she's so good in the movie. She's so fun. She's very funny and she's very charming. I liked her whole like useless talent bit. Yes, where she's like. She does, and it turns out all of these useless talents are useful at one point in the movie, which is yep. fun. Um, and I liked her uh, her chemistry with Freddie Rodriguez, who plays uh, El Rey. <laughs> <laughs> his whole his whole bit is just I talk like this, <laughs> but it's so it works so well, and. Um, there's of course his running joke in the movie that I'm glad Joey liked. Um, that's my jacket. I look for it for two weeks, <laughs> but it leads to something kind of adorable, admittedly. Mm-hmm. So, cause, yeah. um, uh, El Ray and Cherry Darling were like a couple at one point, though I loved, he's like, did you ever become that fancy doctor? No. What do you do now? Gonna be a stand-up comedian. Really? You're not funny. <laughs> That's what I keep telling everyone, but everyone says I'm hysterical. But you're not. <laughs> uh, 
Ugh. I, that's fun. Yes. I also like Jeff, like Jeff Fahey returns to our show because, you know, we talked about Machete already. Mm. And I loved him in Machete, but he's fantastic here as the barbecue guy. <laughs> JT. JT, yes, JT. And then I guess Michael Michael Bean is his brother. Michael Bean and, is his brother. <laughs> which is awesome. And I love his, like, like, they're sitting there and he's, like, dying and he reveals <laughs> the, the, the barbecue the, the recipe. Re- the barbecue recipe. I liked his play. His establishment looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the the I, bone I, I would shack. Like to try it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was, I, like, the overall, like, production design was great. But I just love how wild it was because it's like, oh, like, it, it, it starts out like, oh, this is kind of, you don't, you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And then it just gets to this point where, like, Bruce Willis becomes this giant blob monster <laughs> thing. <laughs> like, I guess to get into some specifics, um, the whole there's a whole plot where uh, Bruce Willis and his team of soldiers um, were infected by something called DC-2. And so... They in order for the and basically what happens when you're when you in when you breathe in DC two you start turning into these zombie things that are 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 plaguing the planet and terrorizing it, um, and so uh, Bruce Willis and his team basically have these devices where they have to continuously breathe in this stuff or else they start morphing and turning into the blob monsters. Um, but then there's, but then of course, you know, you gotta remember this movie came out in 2007, so there's like a Bin Laden, uh, tie-in, where basically they're, they're SEAL Team 6, before SEAL Team 6 was, uh, was actually a thing. <laughs> it's like, Zero Dark Thirty, more like Planet Terror. <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to see a version of Planet Terror with Jessica Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would totally be down for that. Just get Catherine Bigelow to make it, but like, just have her go full grindhouse with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so like, there's there's some fun fun action w- with that, uh, and also it, get, it gets super ridiculous. Like, obviously, Ro- Rose McGowan loses her leg at one point, and what happens eventually? She gets the gun for for a leg. She gets and that's kind of fun. She gets the gun for a leg, and she's she's doing like stunts with it and shooting people. Um, she it's 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 genuinely like a crazy imagery. It's just just to think about the poster. It's there's no. It's obviously it's the reason why it's the poster for this for this yeah. half because mm-hmm. it's kind of like a wild kind of iconic imagery. Um, and it and it makes me think of like things like the Bride of Frankenstein, where you don't see the Bride of Frankenstein to like basically the last ten five ten minutes <laughs> of the movie, and then this one it's like oh you don't get the gun for the leg until like the last part of the movie. Yeah, she gets a. Uh, <laughs> I loved I loved uh El Ray's reaction to her losing her leg. <laughs> it's like, come on, let's go. I can't I can't walk. So <laughs> <laughs> You stop would you stop crying over spilt milk? She's like, I have no leg <laughs> Then she then he just breaks a, a table leg off, sticks it into the stuff and says, Now you do. What do you think? <laughs> Um, who was the the lady doctor? Who oh, um, uh, Doctor Block. Yeah, uh, she's played by what's what's her name? I'm gonna. I have. I have the Shelton is her last name. She's been. She was on our show before, or she's going to be on our show. Spoiler alert. Marley Shelton. Marley Shelton. That's right. Marley Shelton has been in a lot of things, and she's always really good. Whenever I see her. Um, she's got like one of the best expressions on her face, because um, she's got like those really beautiful wide eyes. 
so she's like really good. Like anytime I see her in something, I get excited. She's also already been on our show too. Can you guess what else she was in? What else was she in? She was in Rampage. <laughs> oh shit, that's right. She was in Rampage. So she did so it is a return. So I didn't entirely spoil the other thing she's in that we talk about in October. No. <laughs> that we already no. that we already recorded, maybe. I don't know. I, I won't say. <laughs> um but no, her her whole story is kind of wild too, because like uh, uh, this is actually the first movie I think I ever saw Josh Brolin in it, too. Yeah. Yeah, because I didn't watch Goonies when I was younger, and even if I did, I wouldn't have clocked that it was him, because he's a kid in Goonies. See, was, mm-hmm. see my, I think my first Josh Brolin movie I saw that I can remember off the top of my head is W. Oh, yeah! I saw W <laughs> in theaters. What yeah, a, I did, too. W- what a What an experience. Anyway, what a time capsule! <laughs> what a time capsule of a movie, but no, like so. Josh Brolin plays Doctor Block, and Marley Shelton also plays Doctor Block, and they're a married couple with a little boy. And uh, uh, the mom is essentially like cheating on Josh Brolin with uh, to bring back that black eyed peas, Fergie. Mm. Who I was like, Joey Fergie's in this movie. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Marley Shelton and Fergie are uh, a couple in this movie, and they're trying to run away with each other with the kid. I think the kid's name is Danny. I imagine it's maybe a reference to The Shining, if I'm right. But that that would make sense. Um, but obviously Josh Brolin uh, is suspicious, but he has no clue. At the same, like he, like he's he's suspicious that something's going on, but he doesn't necessarily think, I guess. Um, and so then, of course, uh, they both get to work, and they have to deal with all these people infected with uh, DC two because they got leaked into the air. And uh, then it's it's revealed that uh, Fergie gets got killed and had her brain completely scooped out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy's reaction to it. it's like. <laughs> scooped clean out of her skull <laughs> or like when they got up and walked out like they could have just walked out and he goes <laughs> uh, that guy was also in uh, Machete I remember he was one of the cooks Um, but yeah this movie this movie is a lot of fun I also like where the missing reel comes in like right at the, the sex scene with uh yep. L. Ray and Cherry Darling, because it was too steamy. Just oof, too hot. It's too, too hot to handle. Too hot for the for uh, a low. Listen, if it was a high quality, well well preserved film print, I think I think we would have been able to see the whole scene. But you know, it is what it is. We missed not even just that. We missed a lot of the movie because when it came back, the Bone Shack was on fire. Because I mean, because a reel of film is a lot of a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally just a whole... They're like, you know what? I just picture the managers at the theater for this grindhouse just going, you know what? Just just, just, just go to real four. But you want to yeah. skip the whole... Just go to four. It's okay. If, if people if people ask, they'll ask. It's fine. But it, it's almost kind of like a genius way to just kind of cut through the, cut through the stuff and just get straight to, to more action, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that was to the movie's benefit because, like, even though I liked a lot of these characters, I can't imagine myself spending another twenty minutes 
with these people. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, guys, I like JT, but <laughs> just kind of got to get, kind of get to the whole thing, I guess. Got to get things moving. It's like a nice hour and a half with the Machete trailer, basically, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's, it's my kind of movie, uh, all in all. At least, at least with the, I imagine we'll, we'll get to the other ones later. Um, we're getting to the other ones. It's okay. We'll get to the other ones. We'll get to the other ones. Um, now I, 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 between the two of them, I think I definitely prefer this one because yeah, we're in agreement on that then because it's, it, it fits the whole aesthetic that it's going for, but also it's just so fun and it's so ridiculous. I actually really, I actually like the extended version as well, if I'm being honest, um, because I think it's, it's just, it's just adds more ridiculousness and it's just it's not like it makes it incredible to my knowledge it doesn't make it significantly longer um but there's like a few moments here and there of added dialogue and some more like kills and some gory stuff but it feels like like again this movie is is a proper celebration of what this whole experience is trying to do you know these kind of low rent low quality quote-unquote quote-unquote low quality cinema that uh, you know, a lot of these people just loved growing up, and then would eventually add into their own movies later. Um, so, of of the two, this one's definitely my favorite, and the one I like. I remember because fun fact about about Grindhouse when it came out, this this version that we're talking about didn't get released as the Grindhouse experience. Joey's getting his Phantom mask right now. I think he wants to become the Phantom while we're talking. <laughs> the planet yeah. of the terror. The planet of terror. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they released the Grindhouse movies separately, actually, like. Uh, but it was strange too because you're watching it, the Planet Terror, and the big Grindhouse logo shows up, and like the Machete trailer plays, because obviously that was directed by Robert Rodriguez. But it was what well, was strange. It was strange because like you're like, what does this have to do? Because I thought this was just Planet Terror, <laughs> right? So it almost feels like redundant to have added that stuff. But they're like, yeah, we'll just keep it in. Yeah. But um. No, I like this one a lot. I am I am glad that you at the very least liked this one. I know that it wasn't it didn't rile you up maybe as much as some of the other Rodriguez movies we've talked about. It's not Spike Kids. But but that's you know, that it's not happens. Spike Kids. It's like, it's what it is. You know. It's what it is, but Yeah, I mean i I had a fun time with this one. It's enjoy it's enjoyable. It gives you what you what you want from this kind of thing, I think. Mm. It does. Everything you need. Um, spoon f- yeah. a spoonful of of grossness helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, I think I think we've covered most of the bases. I mean, we have. Uh, we t- I think we talked about all the highlights. At least at least the ones that I was I was glad that you enjoyed. <laughs> right. I looked for it for two weeks. <laughs> Where's that intermission? I looked for it for two weeks. 250, 250 degrees. I knew it. 
<laughs> you gotta take this recipe to your grave. <laughs> I can goddamn guarantee that. This 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 portion of the episode will be the best in Texas. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> All right. So let us take a break, and uh, when we come back, what are we gonna talk? <laughs> what we're we talking about? <laughs> we are going to have uh, um, beep beep. <laughs> you know what? Just stay tuned. You'll find out. Hold on! Hold on. What? Hold on. Because listen. Listen. There's more than just two movies with this experience, as I mentioned a million times. There's also fake trailers. And we got to talk about the fake trailers. Because mm. at least I, I know for sure this was your favorite part. <laughs> I think this is the most memorable part. This is this is uh, this is the part. But you, I did you see one of the trailers beforehand? Because I think I've showed you. I, don't you probably you probably show me. Don't I know? I've had friends who have shown me some of the trailers like a long time ago. Because I I did have friends who you know were big Rodriguez and Tar- especially Tarantino fans. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was always the thing I knew about this movie was the fake trailers. You know, and I was like, oh, wow, like, look at this, like, you know, Machete has two movies, Hobo with a Shotgun has a movie. <laughs> like, so maybe these aren't just fake trailers. <laughs> these are uh, trailers from the future. The trailer. These are, like, trailers that came out uh, in the 2000s with the hope that decades later they'll get a movie. <laughs> uh, but, you know what, and I think the trailers sort of sum up my experience with these. Mm. Um, like, you know, so we got, what were the trails we have? We have Machete, we have of course. Machete, uh, Werewolf Women of the SS uh, from from Rob Zombie. Again, the only time Rob Zombie's ever going to show up on our show. I'm sorry. I just don't care for Rob Zombie at all. <laughs> I know there's one particular movie of his that Joey is a, is a fan of, but even that movie I don't want to talk about on the show. <laughs> Which is funny because I rated that lower than this. <laughs> Not that ratings matter, but still. <laughs> but but just be happy this is this is the one time we'll talk about him on the show. <laughs> I feel very neutral about this. <laughs> oh boy. Um then there's Don't by Edgar Wright. The, title the next uh the title of the next Jordan Peele movie. <laughs> Just, just Edgar Wright got there first, I guess. <laughs> like, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and then we have Thanksgiving from Eli Roth, uh, who actually, um, if you don't know who Eli Roth is, uh, just from a visual standpoint, so you can see his face, he plays um, Donnie Donowitz in Inglorious Bastards, and he's also in our second feature. Uh, but he's also uh, a horror director and has made a couple of movies of his own right. I'm not, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not a massive fan of him either. But I did, I do, I do like some of his movies. Like um, I really liked, honestly, The House with the Clock in Its Walls. It was actually kind of a really fun movie. Mm. Um, but yeah, so uh, there's these fake trailers. Now I guess we can kind of just breeze through machete because we already talked about machete 
but you know, and I like Machete the movie, but the trailer is a better experience. <laughs> it, it just because it takes everything that you want, the the ridiculousness, the violence, the 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 one liners, and just condenses it condenses it into a nice two minute package. I think we're, however we're, long the trailer is. Were you saying something along the lines of like this justifies you having like a a, a playlist of trailers on YouTube for yourself? Yes. So. I have a, a a playlist. I might maybe I'll share it one of these days of just trailers, just different movie trailers. Some of them are like commercials for Broadway things, but because I need a spot for those. But a lot of them are just different movie trailers. I even have trailers for movies I don't like. Like Man of Steel is on this playlist because the third Man of Steel trailer is amazing. Yeah, it's a great trailer. You know, and sometimes there are instances where, like, I've seen the trailer for Heat maybe 245 times now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I, I could be like, from from The Godfather to Scent of a Woman. What do they got? From Raging Bull <laughs> to Goodfellas. Assume they got our phones. Assume they got our houses. Assume they got us. Their performance. <laughs> This just makes me think of like how often I'll just start remembering trailers and like commercials that I would watch like late at night, like uh, like for those like compilation CDs where you just hear "I'm your lady." Yes, yes. <laughs> get all these romantic hits in one. In one. Tell one me I how am I supposed to live without you? I'm no Michael. See, Bolton, I was, but. I was always, uh, I always remember, solid, <laughs> solid as a rock. <laughs> or like, what's another, what's another one? Education Connection, I think about. So, get educated for free with free. Education free. Connection. <laughs> get connected for free. <laughs> free. <laughs> That's what that makes me think of. <laughs> um... So that's that's a fun trailer. Werewolf Women, the SS, you know, cool. Uh, that's <laughs> like werewolves it's, and like Nazi scientists yeah. and it, things. It, you know, it kind of plays off the whole like there was a point in the like sort of history of exploitation movies where uh, they sort of they would do these Nazi movies, but the Nazis would be like BDS and M like stuff. So there would be a lot of like whips and gags and stuff, <laughs> but. Uh, there's, there's where they turn into werewolves. Um, Nick Cage is in this one. Yeah. As Fu Manchu. Yup. <laughs> so you get, you get some Nick Cage action in this one. Don't is, is amusing. Don't, but don't is I amusing. Think, but I think Thanksgiving is just, was just so funny. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving. And then it's like some, some Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Thanksgiving gets gets pretty gross. <laughs> like, it does. Like, like, like Thanksgiving. There's a whole bit. I, I apologize outright for just mentioning this, but there's a bit where uh, there's a, a Thanksgiving turkey with a severed head attached to it, and the serial killer, who's a pilgrim, is like having sex with it. Um, many times, uh, Jordan Ladd, who's in our second fe- feature is um, performing oral on guys who get their heads chopped off. Yeah. There's that whole bit where the cheerleader's, like, jumping on the trampoline, and she, like, takes her top off, and it's like, ooh, tantalizing. 
and then uh freaking knife shows up at the center and she like does the splits and land uh, yeah thanksgiving <laughs> michael bean shows up <laughs> yeah it's blood sheriff son of a bitch <laughs> um i mean don't I think Don't's probably my favorite, though I think maybe there's some bias there, because I like Edgar Wright, but um, I like that it's sort of, if you are thinking of checking out the basement, ah, don't. (laughs) If you are thinking of checking out, (laughs) of going to, going through this door, and it's the dude uh, from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> Don't look up. <laughs> Rafe Spall. <laughs> Rafe Spall. Just... <laughs> Farmer's mums. Um, and then uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost show up in the trailer. Though Nick Frost is more parent. Yes. Where Simon Pegg's like buried in makeup. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it sort of evokes like a more intense version of like those hammer horror movies. Yeah. Um. Uh, Jason Jason Isaacs is there at the beginning, just like, what? <laughs> it makes me curious what the movie... I mean, all of them kind of make me curious what the movies would be if they were made. And we got the answer to to, to at least two of them. Because mm-hmm. uh, then there's the Hobo with the Shotgun one, which, again, we didn't see, but that got a movie. Machete got two movies. Um... So it, it's it's kind of cool that that they got other you know people to come in and make these trailers and just be involved with the whole thing because it kind of rounds out. Because I remember um, when we were initially planning to watch this, and Joey's like, "What if we split up the experience? Like watch this here and this there." And I'm like, "We can't because <laughs> this yeah, is, I, this I, is the I whole had, thing." I totally blanked out that there were trailers, and I mm-hmm. was trying to like make because. Here's the other thing, too. Like, when I watch a movie, my family gets irritated because it's, like, <laughs> when it's not your fault, it's just, like, whenever, mm-hmm. like, I decide to do a movie, and it's, like, what are we going to do about dinner? And I'm, like, I'm trying, it's it's my brain trying to, like, but I'm glad we watched this as a whole thing, mm-hmm. um, for sure, uh, as it was intended. Uh, but the trailers, I think, are definitely the highlight Um for this you know they're they're fun it also helps too that a lot of them are made by filmmakers who are not filmmakers of this and it makes it so it makes it feel more like oh hey these are other other like movies it feels more legitimate yeah um though it is strange that like rodrigo i mean again it kind of shows that rodriguez is more like hip to this because he made a trailer but tarantino didn't yeah <laughs> i'm not to, i'm not trying to insinuate anything but i kind of feel like just, oh. listen tarantino was what, what was this? What did this come out? Oh, was this oh seven? Oh oh seven, yeah. Oh seven. Okay, I'm trying to think. What you know? Maybe Tarantino was, was Kill Bill before this. Pro, yeah, Kill Bill was before this. Um, because then like after that was a 2009. What what 2009? I think was um yeah. Inglorious Bastard. Maybe he was yeah. Because listen, Tar- Tarantino takes a second to make movies anyway. You know when he's mm-hmm. again his supposedly he's gonna make his last movie, uh, according to him. So we'll see. See what happens. We'll we'll see what happens, but no, it 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 does feel like, and we'll talk about it a little bit with the second feature, but it does kind of feel like uh, just the fact that Rodriguez was so game that he was like, "I'm going to make a whole trailer because I've always wanted to make 
uh, an action movie starring Danny Trejo because he's an action hero to me. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like, we're going to celebrate a friend of mine and we're going to make this fun trailer. And then it got turned into a movie and then it got turned into a sequel, which was fun. Um, so, but then Tarantino just didn't, I guess, want to, I don't know. Again, maybe he was just so, like you said, he was probably just so focused on making this and then making whatever was next. But, you know, it's, we'll, we'll get more to that. But anyway, so we talked about these trailers. Let's get back to our, our feature presentation. back welcome back to two dudes one double feature uh in our last segment we talked about the first half of grindhouse and we uh talked about the trailers that were made by uh rob zombie edgar wright and uh eli roth now we're moving on to the final portion of this whole grindhouse experience joe dini dan what is this first feature we are talking about today well, you know, they say that you're good in my book, or say well, you're not good in my book. You hear? Uh, we're talking. We're talking about uh, the ballad of Stuntman Mike. You're talking about, uh, you know, the legend of Stuntman Mike. You're talking about Zoe Bell. You're talking about um, Rose McGowan, basically, basically as Janet Lee. We are talking about. We are talking about. Um, unalive evidence, or should I say, death proof, which doesn't even make any sense because the way they're using proof is not evidence. It just means that it's like you know, uh, <laughs> resistant. So I should call it unalive resistant. I guess all of this is just to make Richard giggle and no one else. So if you're not laughing at this, it's okay. But listen, I'm it's I'm getting so long winded. It is very long winded. <laughs> Just like the middle portion of this movie. But that's okay, too. <laughs> there was just so much build-up, and then it just goes, uh, <laughs> this also means death proof, but it actually makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a what a proper intro, honestly. <laughs> it, it's the most fitting thing I could give this movie. Um... This is our first uh, Tarantino movie. (laughs) (laughs) What a Tarantino, uh, like, thing to happen. Like, yeah, the first one we talk about on our show is Death Proof. It's the one everyone's like, what the shit? Uh, Yeah, yeah, we're talking about it. If it wasn't a part of this, we wouldn't have talked about it. No. Yeah. But there are things I like about it. There's I mean, there's a- there's one specific thing I know you like about it, and that's uh, your, one of your favorite MCU dad characters. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Guardians. Going back to Guardians, uh, Kurt Russell, who we need to get the John Carpenter movies. We do have those, some of those coming up. I yeah. Kurt we have Russell, plans. Kurt Russell, 
is one genuinely one of my favorite actors of all time. He is so good. And he did so many weird, like, career things, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he was a Disney kid back in the day. He was in the computer who wore tennis shoes. Um, he's, in many respects, he's like the Ryan Gosling. Of, like, Ryan Gosling's like the Kurt Russell of our time. Because I, yeah. Gosling was a Disney kid, and now he's in all these, like, strange but mo- movies that are great that he's great in. You're like, you're like, he's a movie star, but it's like, it's it's weird. You know, because, like... He's Ryan a humble Gosling, movie star. He's a humble movie star. You know, um... But I love. We got to get Big Trouble in Little China on our shows. One Big of my Trouble, favorites. The Thing, uh, Escape from New York, Escape um, from New York. You know, computer who wore tennis shoes. Listen, all <laughs> classics to somebody. Um, and you know, and of course, I love him in Guardians Volume Two. Genuinely, one of the best villains in any MCU movie, yeah. bar none. Um, and, and we talked fantastic. about that on our show, by the way. Sorry. We did. No, no, no. Yeah. no. Um, and he is terrific in this because he is both genuinely really scary and then he is genuinely really stupid and silly. <laughs> he is He is admittedly the best part of the whole thing. Easily. Easily yes. the best part. Easily the best part. Stuntman Mike. And I think it's an interesting commentary on just like changing times and also just toxic masculinity in general mm-hmm. um i think because like at, at first he's got oh he's like kind of this mysterious guy and he's the stunt man and he's got charming. this weird it's charming but he's got this weird he's got this weird car and he's like you know he recites the poem uh you know that they say on air to the one chick um butterfly butterfly you know and he calls her chicken shit um you know, and he, and like the beginning, and it's also great too, because if, like, when you meet the characters in the beginning, they feel like they're going to be the main characters, and then they mm-hmm. get killed off, which made, made me, th- I was saying this to you, made me think of Psycho, where it's like, at first you're like, Janet Lee. You're just like, yeah, like Janet Lee, where you're like, okay, this is going to be the character we follow until she isn't. And mm-hmm. we get introduced to new characters, um, which could be both good or, what could be good or bad. I want to bring up a story, speaking of Psycho, because. One thing I'll always remember, because with that change, like, that's such a, a great change for that movie, but obviously the scene where she dies is so iconic and is permeated so much that it's kind of like, it's like Darth Vader is Luke's father. It's like one or of those things like... Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Like, you know, damn you! Like, that whole thing. And so mm-hmm. I remember I was in film class um, in college, and it was my editing class. We were going to watch Psycho. And... I was so excited, especially because one of my friends, she had never seen Psycho, and mm-hmm. she didn't even know about it, so we're like, oh, like, what? How? What? This is amazing. This right. is so amazing. And then one kid in the class spoiled it before the movie even started, because he just went, I love how she dies in the shower, that whole scene, and it's like, are you ki- are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you could have waited like two hours, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that. What, what, what year was this, do you think? This this was I want to say two thousand. It had to be in the early two thousand tens. This is the, the literal. It's the YouTube generation of like, oh yeah, like people just post spoilers online. Why do they post it? I have no idea. Does it get them anywhere? No. Like, subhumans. That's the only word I have for these people. Anyway, it's it's it's. it's I'll never forget it, and I feel so bad. I, I was like, I think we all just like 
collectively went, get out, just leave. <laughs> I think he might have actually left the class. Like, Thank goodness. Just, just get out, dude. But she still liked the movie, thankfully, but it sucks that that got spoiled for her. But anyways, you were saying. Yeah. No, but like that was I was like uh, that I was like oh I I might really like this and then the middle part of the movie happens and I'm like so this is why people say this is the worst one <laughs> and I have nothing against the actresses that ha- that are that mm-hmm. are in the middle portion of this movie or middle to the end I should say because then become our main characters I think they all have they all clearly I think have good great chemistry as like friends in the movie mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's cool. I just think it becomes a complete in, in tone and everything com- becomes a completely different movie. Like Tarantino, it felt like like we were saying this. Tarantino felt like okay, I'm gonna start out, and this felt like a grind, like a like a dirty, almost a slasher kind of movie that was happening. And then Tarantino's like, I got bored. I'm bored. I'm gonna make my movie now. Okay, yeah. bye, bye. Yeah. It it completely like the second half of the movie feels like a totally different thing. It's not like because you know it made me think about Fallen Kingdom a little bit. Not to bring that up again, but but like how how it's, it's I love that movie so much. <laughs> it's it's our right now. It's on our four favorites, and you'll find yep. out why uh, uh, pretty soon actually. But um, uh, the uh, the whole like the that whole thing like while the two halves are different, like one's like a disaster movie, one's like a haunted house movie, it still fits. Yeah. Whereas, whereas this, like, it just felt like, like there was that whole bit when they're trying to get the challenger and there's no scratches. Like all the, like all the like fake film scratches gone. And, um, it just doesn't feel like a grindhouse movie anymore. It just feels like a sort of subpar Tarantino movie. Like somebody else, like, like a Tarantino knockoff. Yeah. I mean, I I did like the, the I do like the chase at the end of the movie. I think that's the a chase lot of fun. is great at the end. I, but, yeah. but again, that's I like the beginning. I re- I like the end where it's like, oh, now like Kurt Russell's the one being chased. He's like, ah, ah! <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he's like crying and he's drinking. <laughs> like, no, no, goddamn! I I, lo- I love when he pours it in his arm. He's like, ah! he's like, <laughs> like he's like. He's doing the no, 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 no. He's, like that's why Kurt, like Kurt Russell, can both be like, like I think about it in Guardians. He is scary as shit at the mm. end of Guardians. Like you really need to grow up, you know. And and then like, or he could be like, kind of like uh, you, his line delivery can be great. Like I was almost gonna say in my letterbox review, like um, you pay Kurt Russell to deliver deliver lines like Big Kahuna Burger. <laughs> like nobody else can say those words like Kurt Russell. It's he's so good. He's honestly he's... so like like I think um I was I like like I said earlier when it came to the two movies like this one I I just kind of figured what happened happened like how you were going to feel about it. Not even just because, like, I know you're not, like, as keen on Tarantino as maybe most other people are. Not to say that there's... Because you do love some of his movies. Like, like Django Unchained is one of your favorites. I fucking love Django Unchained. <laughs> and, I know, and I talk to people where they're like, that's my least favorite Tarantino movie. And I'm like, well, I guess that explains okay. a lot about me. Though. And that's it's fine. Like, it's like, <laughs> okay, I guess. It's fine. It's, it's all right. Listen, Dr. King folks. Hosts, and this is my host, Fritz. Listen, folks, we need to... Listen. We need to celebrate when Joey likes loves a movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Listen to his two best performances are in Tarantino movies. That's the that's the greatest yeah. achievement Tarantino has done. 
Honestly, is, it's is not, make it's Joey not like winning, it's not making cult fiction. It's not Dakota. Reservoir Dogs. Like I know people like Jackie Brown. No, none of that. It's getting me to be interested in a DiCaprio performance because he is so damn good in Django and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is he is very good. He is he is legitimate. I honestly think he should have got so, nominated. Props for Django. to you. Also, you know, not to say because I don't want to sound like I'm totally down. Tarantino is also very good about like showcasing things on film. Like, sometimes he can come off as a snob, but he also is someone fighting to preserve that experience. Yeah. And he is, there's a label, even like a video, not a video label, I don't know how to describe it, but like there are movies that came out where it was like, an like imprint? a Tarantino, it was like a Tarantino, like Tarantino recommended. Oh, or yeah. Something. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, why am I not remembering the, the director's name? Um, Wong Kar Wai. Because when he did, um, you know, Chunking Express and Tarantino was sort of helping with that, like sort of like get people to see that movie. So mm-hmm. I'm always going to, I was always going to have an appreciation for directors like that who are always encouraging people to check things out. So mm-hmm. Quentin. Or like, or like, <laughs> uh, <Lord's> work. <laughs> or like, I, I think I thought of um, when the RZA did that one, I forget what it's like, the one with Russell Crowe, that one movie. And Tarantino like presented it and was like one of the. Is that the man with the iron fists? Yeah, yeah. He's like, listen, the Riz is a solid director. I haven't seen it, but I, like Tarantino's just like, this guy's pretty good. You should check out this movie. I kind of want to. The more I think about it, but I haven't yeah. gotten around to it yet. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, would want to. I'd be curious. Um, but yeah, like this. I mean, again, it's you know, look, it's not. I don't think it's an awful movie. I just definitely, it was definitely the low point. Of the whole experience, and I was saying this to you. I don't think I would want to watch this movie separated from the from the experience. Mm-hmm. I typically watch the first half. If I ever did watch Death Proof on its own, like when I got the DVD when it initially came out, I would usually just watch the first half and I'd be good. Right, right. Um, and then maybe the chase scene. Because listen, uh, this the. I think the one thing I want to highlight with the chase scene is that um, Tarantino recognized that uh, stunt woman extraordinaire Zoe Bell is a pretty damn solid actor. She actually shows up again in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as uh, Kurt Russell's wife, who gets mad when uh, Brad Pitt's around. <laughs> like, who did that to my bloody car? <laughs> uh, I threw. Uh, I threw. I threw uh, Bruce Lee against it. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but no she's like i i any time i see her in anything else now i get really excited because obviously i think she was showcased beautifully not just as a performer but as a stunt woman as well because there's that whole the whole chase scene but like it's elevated because um her whole her whole character's thing is that she wants uh to drive a dodge challenger from the movie vanishing point because she's a massive fan of that movie growing up and she's also a right. gearhead and so uh, she convinces her friend uh, in the film uh, to play a game called Ship's Mast, which is essentially mm-hmm. uh, she gets on the hood of the car and she holds on to some belts mm-hmm. that are attached to the, the frames of the car. And so then pe- they just drive at top speeds on like a vacant road while she's like, woo! Oh, yeah. And she actually does it because, again, yep. that's just her profession. And it's something she's very good at. Um, but again, uh, it, it gets crazy because that's when stuntman Mike shows up and starts like terrorizing them. Yeah. 
but he terrorizes the wrong people. <laughs> uh, because they, like, they're better, because, like, he's Stuntman Mike, but, like, after, like, all that stuff's happened, it almost feels like he's not, <laughs> like, he was lying about it the whole time. Because, like, he gets, he, like, any amount of pain that he feels, he's just like, ah, ah. <laughs> not, I'm not saying that, like, all stunt people have, like, a high pain threshold, but I imagine that's probably something that's part of the job, maybe. Um, or at least it's something that is developed over time. But right. uh, I think it was maybe an insinuation on Tarantino's part that maybe he was lying, that Stuntman Mike was lying about being Stuntman Mike, that he's just Mike. Right. Um, which uh, I think is kind of a kind of a cool indication of his character, again, that he's just pitiful at the end of the day. Right. But, um, no, I love, I love Zoe Bell in this so much. And I also, like, uh, she shows up in Malignant in the, in the, the scene where she's in the drunk, where, uh, the main character's in the drunk tank. Yes. Annabelle Wallace. And, uh, and I see Zoe Bell and I'm like, some shit's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some shit's about to go down. And then when it does, you're like, this is amazing. <laughs> So now I want to go back and watch that. So, yeah, because <laughs> that was that's so fun. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought go ahead. Yeah, I mean it's 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 got the entertaining car chase at the end, and you know, it's got uh, a fantastic Kurt Russell performance. Zoe Bell, of course, uh, as we mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. We also get. It, uh, uh, Rosario Dawson in the film. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who we love on the show dearly, um, gets kind of sha- gets the shaft a little bit, a little bit. Uh... Yeah, she plays like the like the star because like basically the four friends at the end of the movie are all like working on a movie, and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead plays one of the cheerleader characters in the movie. And this is kind of like especially in today's age it feels kind of gross that her friends would do this to her um but like basically uh they convince the dude who was in a bunch of adam sandler movies to let them test drive his car who he's got the challenger from vanishing point and as collateral they're like you can hang out with our friend lee who's asleep um and it just and then and then uh they drive away and she wakes up and he goes, uh, 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 why are you doing this? Uh, you know. And it's just like, that just feels weird. Like, like you're making a movie about like women empowerment, and then those same women leave <laughs> this character to effectively get molested, I'm sure, by this random dude. It, and it's like, it's really uncomfortable to see that scene, admittedly. It's, it's kind of stupid like for all the gross stuff that's happened in this in this whole experience that's probably the most off-putting but i also just found it annoying the whole process of them like planning this thing out i just didn't find that at all interesting Mm. because it's like see it's like different sequences of shots where they're just standing with each other like like it's not even like interestingly shot no Mm mm-mm like, it felt like Tarantino was just trying to get it over with so he can get to the, the car chase scene, which is significantly more interesting. It is. It, it is. Um, but again, that... that opening sequence is, is is genuinely fun. Yeah, that first chunk is phenomenal stuff. Because, like, the whole premise is essentially that Stuntman Mike um, is a serial killer, basically. Yeah. And he stalks 
women specifically. And uh, in the first half of the movie, he's stalking um, uh, Jungle Julia, who's uh, referenced in Planet Terror and, yep. and her friends. Um, one of them's named Butterfly. And uh, the friends are planning like a weekend getaway at a lake house and they're just trying to get away. Um, but they're being stalked by Stuntman Mike. Now, while Stuntman Mike is stalking them, he runs into Rose McGowan, who is just a regular bar patron who he offers a ride to so she can go home. And so she's learning a bit about him and she's like, okay, he seems kind of nice. You know, and he like, he like, I even like the way they set it up a little bit because it's like, um, he doesn't drink, he just eats nachos and, uh, you know, he's just this this random, somewhat charming, icy hot promoter. <laughs> I like that he's some, for some reason wearing like his his stuntman jacket, but it's fun. Well, it's also kind of like to, it's like the, it's like the guy who is like the the, the varsity court like the varsity mm-hmm. quarterback uh, who can't let go of the glory uh, days. Like I'm in my fifties, but I was Letterman. Uh, I was the all star of my high school. Yeah. I said I broke <laughs> records. <laughs> I broke records, and no one else has taught me yet. Take that. Um, but uh, the moment that gets to the scene where she get where he gives her the ride home, and she sees the stunt car that he drives with a little duck uh, hood ornament, um, she sees that uh, there's no passenger seat with no seatbelt or anything, but there's a chair that she can sit in because it's a movie car, and they sometimes want to put a camera inside the car to film the crash from the inside. Yep. Um, and so that's where, uh, it gets terrifying. And I like that bit where he's like, all right, where are you going? Left or right? She goes, right. She's like, oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. See, uh, if you would have said we were, you were going, uh, left, uh, it would have been a while before you started getting scared. But since we're not going the same way, I guess you're gonna have to start getting scared immediately. Like what? And then he says the line, I think it's in the trailer for this even. He's like, when I said this car was death proof, that wasn't a lie. This car is a hundred percent death proof, but only to get the benefit of it, honey. You really need to be sitting in my seat. <laughs> and, uh, and then he crashes into the women he's been stalking, and probably the most gruesome scene in the whole movie, arguably, is uh, like there's like one of them's legs get chopped off. One of one of them gets the tire like like basically on her face just yeah and again it's just the whole opening of the scene actually fits the whole aesthetic of grindhouse but when you get to that second half it's just unfortunately outside of that chase scene it just doesn't fit yeah it's just whatever um but you know i I will say with this whole experience i do wish that there were more things like this where there's like two you know two filmmakers making making two movies you get some fake trailers, um, and I think I think the idea of this is really cool, and I think it is a it is a fascinating experiment. What w- what would be like like the overall like I guess what are some highlights and lowlights like you know, of the whole thing like how you experienced it like I guess how would you how would you describe that I guess um, obviously the trailers are like the real big highlight and the first the first feature. Um, and it's like the idea of these two high profile, pretty high profile directors working on something like this together, mm-hmm. um, is a really cool thing. You know, I think as directors too, 
as directors, not just like, oh, this guy's a, pro- a executive producer for this mm-hmm. direct, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, like, you know, because we think about like, oh, Indiana Jones, and it's like, yeah, George Lucas created and Spielberg directed, but, Spiel- but Lucas was like a producer, really, and yeah. came up with maybe some of the story stuff for those movies. Or even just... Or even just with these two specifically, like when they did From Dust Till Dawn, like Tarantino was just the writer on it, but right. Rodriguez was the director. Yeah, so I think in, in concept, and I think in some of the execution, it's really cool. And I think we get things where they're very much those filmmakers, like <laughs> some of like the weird, like bloated, like creature things and ladies with guns for legs. Uh, you know, Spilt milk. Spilt milk. <laughs> um, and of course, like, Tarantino with with the dialogue in the in the second half um, mm-hmm. that almost other than like the fir- opening closing of the movie almost like is like I don't want to say the reason to see it but it almost kind of like feels like that kind of takes over and maybe not in the best way. Mm. If you if they did a if there was like a like a Grindhouse two with two completely different filmmakers who who would you want to see? It's hard because it feels like these would be the two that you would just want them again, just to give it a, give it another shot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, just just have another crack at it. But just I mean, another crack at I mean Edgar. I mean, obviously get Edgar Wright, maybe like get some of the directors of like the of the trailers to maybe make those movies. Um, you know who I think would be a lot of fun to do to kind of. I know he's. I know he's busy especially but i would love to see james gunn handle something like this that would be really awesome um that would be really awesome for sure you'd be one of the few yeah like because because slither did you ever see slither i haven't seen i want to see slither slither is is kind of in this ballpark of yeah like it's kind of like a like a grindhousey kind of movie i will say like um grindhouse has been celebrated in other movies since then i mean X, Ty West's movie in Pearl, um, X specifically uh, is very much like a grindhouse like slasher movie, but it's the material sort of elevated because again, there's that modern context um, uh, that it has in the film. It, it's funny when you watch it. Like I said, I said to Waiki, who was also seen it, I was like, this makes me think of like if Nancy Myers did a grindhouse movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of romance with older people. Um, but I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, this movie, this, I'm glad that this experience is what it is. I'm glad we finally got around to it. Yes, me too. I, I, I hold, I hold no ill feelings towards how it all played out. It's what it is. You know, people are going to feel what they feel, you know, it does suck that it just like, you know, turned out that way, but you know, I, it's, nothing's going to change that. And it's, it's. It's, it's, it's a project I have a lot of respect for. Yeah. You know, it's one of those where it's like, I, my respect for it is, is huge, but like the actual, I wish I did enjoy it more, but I didn't hate it. I had, I had fun. And there are scenes that I would watch again. You know, it's, it's like how Orson Welles was like, you know, I have a lot of respect for artists, but I might just put my friends in movies before I start <laughs> casting artists. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it kind of makes me think of that a little bit. It's like, and I, and again, I think there's 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 nothing wrong with it at all. Right. You know, I know I know I reacted the way that I did, 
and I do apologize for that. No, it's um, it's it's okay. But Listen. again, it, there was there was a lot that was playing out of my brain after the, it was just a flood of just like, oh no, <laughs> it's the the dreadful the the dreaded. Uh, it was fine. <laughs> um, and then the fear of like, oh god, I'm gonna have to talk a lot, aren't I? Oh god, I need to think of things to say. I mean, I think I think even with these movies as they are, I think there's there's plenty. I mean, well, even like with Death Proof, which is not a movie I not a movie I loved, but there's a lot to discuss with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think that's important. It's it's important. It's just, yeah, you know, I can't I can't deny, you know, the feelings. <laughs> it's like, uh... Listen, listen, man. We talk about that. There's a two dudes Venn diagram, and sometimes no, no, no. Again, that are... I'm not, I'm not upset by how you felt. I'm upset about a bunch of things at once. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, it's it's a combination of you know, again, two movies I showed you that you were just kind of like, you know, at least Planet Terror you liked mostly. Yeah. Outside of you know, if it was longer, maybe it would have killed it. Um, but yeah. there was there was that one part where you were like, if I had to watch these separately, my my feelings would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I it's like it's like it's like two missed opportunities so that kind of sucked. But you know, because it's it's one thing when it's just one movie and you're like, okay, it's it's fine. Um, like I think of when we did the Moses episode, and I mean, you already knew going in that I was probably yeah. just gonna be oh, yeah. like, I, I was like lukewarm on Ten Commandments, right. but we were both surprised at how we felt about Prince of Egypt. So yes. we had a, like a collective feeling on that one. Right. So so it's a little bit different, but um, but again, it is what it is. That's the part I don't have really any ill will towards necessarily outside of just like you know ah it sucks, but yeah, exactly. you know. It's everyone has opinions. Everyone feels differently about things, and that's just is what it is. I was just more worried about the the recording aspect of it, and just being like, because it always like it's always a lot more interesting when you can tell that people are more engaged with what they're talking about, right. whether it's yeah. from negative standpoint or a positive standpoint. Like, you know, we have an episode, our last episode, which uh, we got some guests, you know, because. Uh, this is uh, this is one twenty. So we got some guests for that last one, and while they were talking about a movie they didn't care for, there was a lot to be engaged with for them to just be like, "This sucked." <laughs> yes, absolutely. So uh, specifically that first Pinocchio, I still haven't listened to the second half, so I don't know how they feel about. I haven't listened to that yet. Either, yeah, but I'm very so... <laughs> very curious. <laughs> very curious, very curious. But it was, but at least they had a lot that they wanted to discuss. The whole rant about the seagull was funny. <laughs> 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 the seagull rant was amazing um oh, so man. shout out to allison and kai and thank you again for doing that you guys that was awesome we need to get yes. you, we need to get you guys back for sure um Absolutely. but uh i guess my, my my ultimate feeling is that i i i much prefer episodes where we where we have somewhat of an engagement with what we're talking about versus just being neutral to it just kind of loses a little bit of that magic but you can't control how you feel about things at the end of the day no. Um, so I'm glad that you let me do this. <laughs> Thank you for finally indulging me in this. But no, I will. I promise I'll... the next the next Rodriguez movie. I think you'll like. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> listen, like it, it's, it's you know you watch movie. I think again, like yes, you want to see movies that you're like, oh my god, I love this thing. But sometimes you see things that are just fine. But it also forces you to think more critically about like, well, what what's going on? Here? Yeah. You know, yeah. and it forces you to think about your taste, which I don't think is ever a bad thing. No, it's not. You know, 
it's it's just the the aspect of you know I'd I'd rather have an emotional connection with something negatively or positively, right? As opposed to at least at least from a from a we're having a sh- we're making a show, <laughs> I guess. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know it's it's just a like two hours of us going it is okay <laughs> anyway um how about that guardians movie though <laughs> it's, 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 it's people gonna be like oh you marvel marvel shills i'm like dude richard have you not, not listened to the, have you not listened to richard previous episodes even, richard didn't even paint it no i'm not, I'm not gonna say that <laughs> it's like have you even listened to previous episodes my guy come on dude we're only gonna talk about three more mcu movies four more mcu movies <laughs> max if any like like yeah. there's like maybe a handful of like not even a handful of them are left that we want to talk about so just just be excited that we talked about what we did okay okay guys <laughs> okay damn it um, no. <laughs> i am glad that this episode's like one of our shorter ones though so like it, the mm-hmm. editing process for it it'll be, be nice nicer and tight uh but again yeah i i you know this is this. It's a cool concept, though. Ultimately, mm. and I think it's definitely worth checking out at the very least, so you can determine your own opinion, folks. What's your favorite Rodriguez movie? What's your favorite Tarantino movie? Are you as surprised as we are that we started with Death Proof? Do you want <laughs> us to talk about the computer who wore tennis shoes? Listen, I think we need to do computer who wore tennis shoes as a special presentation. At this point, I think I think it's... we're building towards it. I've never seen it. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it once. Um, yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus, we're coming to you. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> it all leads to Disney with this show. <laughs> all roads lead to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> and Volume Three, and you know what? The first one too. The whole trilogy and the holiday special and the holiday special. I admittedly keep forgetting about that. You know what? On that note. Not to harp on this too much, but I really hope that for the for the for the four K Blu Ray release of Guardians Three that they put the holiday special on. Oh, I was thinking about that. James Gunn, you probably don't listen to this, but please, if you do listen to this, please, please. It's like how else? How like listen? It just makes sense. It just yeah. makes sense. You want the full Guardians experience? Throw the holiday special on there. I don't even. I I don't even care if it's just on the Blu Ray. Just throw it on there. That's fine. That's perfectly That's fine. Fun. No, we'll listen, like it. <laughs> it'd be perfect if like Guardians released closer to the later this year, and then it's like it came out for like a Christmas time Blu-ray, <laughs> and, and it's like, hey, the holiday specials on here too. <gasps> That's a wonderful surprise. Whoopee! Uh, anyway, it's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Actually, it's been a while since I've been able to say that. Damn. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Not two weeks, though. We're not seeing you in two weeks. That's my episode. I look for it for two weeks. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. unalive evidence or should i say death proof which doesn't even make any sense because the way they're using proof is not evidence it's just means that it's like you know 
uh, <laughs> resistant.